Freedom Story, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another edition of Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Sean McKenzie. So pleased to have you tuned on in. You know, each and every week we have the honor of interviewing some great faithful people. And tonight is no different. Donna Patrick is our guest tonight. She's a radio host, an award-winning author, two beautiful devotionals, and she is a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And Donna, thank you very much for joining us on Refuge Freedom Stories. Sean, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. I want to start not at the beginning, but we always like to talk about our faith journey because our journeys take various paths. And just a little bit about your journey to faith and and how much Jesus means to you in your life. I'm going to take you all the way back to my roots in Decatur, Illinois. I grew up in church and my mother, though, was the one who planted those seeds. My father came to the Lord later in life, but my mother took us to church and she didn't ask us if we wanted to go. She said, get up, let's go. So there was no asking. There was no asking. But Sean, I grew up around people. Not only did my mother plant, pave the way. But other people also came alongside her. I stand on so many shoulders. I didn't get here by myself. So many people poured into me and they invested into me to help me be the person that I am now. And But, you know, something happened, even though I got an excellent biblical foundation in the church I grew up in. Once I went off to college, something happened. Even though I had a great foundation, when I went off to college, I was exposed to an even higher level of the faith walk, what it means to walk by faith, what it means to that the Holy Spirit be a part of your life. I was exposed to more preachers and teachers who just augmented what I had learned growing up. I had a great spiritual foundation. And when I went off to college, finished and got out into the world to make some mistakes on my own, the Holy Spirit went with me. It wasn't that I ripped up the foundation. I just built on top of it. Some time ago, I wrote an article entitled, Have You Built On To Your Spiritual House? Have You Added On To Your Spiritual House? The great foundation later on, I just built on top of it because I was exposed to an even greater level of teaching. I've been a musician for three-fourths of my life. I started playing for the church when I was 11, and I'm still doing that. I still love music ministry, but God has taken me even further into that as a worship leader. So that's a little bit of my history. Being part of a worship team and being exposed to being able to lead others into worship, that's a true gifting, and that's something that A lot of people forget, well, it's not just the message that we go to church on Sunday morning for, but music can really soothe the soul. We work with a lot of people who listen to the show. We work with a lot of people who've been in prison or have been. They've been hurt by a church. They've been hurt somewhere along the line. And music can be that soothing song, that salve. Absolutely. And Sean, that's why it's so important that you want to be very careful as a worship leader or as a praise team member the music that you teach to your team, the music that you're putting out to your congregation. It's very important that we be careful what we teach because the message has to get across to the congregation. It's not just for the team. And as a musician, I'm very cognizant of that, what we teach and put out before the people. Not only a musician, but an award-winning author. How did God lay this on your heart to write not just one, but these two devotionals? at all times and 
it's in your praise. Those are your two devotionals. Where did the genesis of those come from? Well, let me give you the backstory on that. Probably around 2008 or nine, somewhere back there. You mentioned a moment ago that being a worship leader is not something everybody can do. It's a calling. I don't do it because I know how. And I've been trained in it, but I'm called to this. Back in 2008 or nine, somewhere back there, I began writing praise and worship devotionals and sending them out Mm -hmm. via mass email every Friday. I would come home from work on Thursdays, go into my home office and crank out these emails to go out the next morning. I've written so many of them that my pastor at the time came to me and said, why don't you put all that in a book? You've already got the material. All you would have to do is just put it together. I heard what he said, but I didn't think too much about it. I just kind of, I'll think about it. Well, about a year goes by, Sean, and I'm still cranking out these devotionals. And so I start looking for a publisher so that I could put all that in a book. And that's exactly what happened. I chose to self-publish while at all times is in publication. Mm -hmm. I'm still writing. God is still giving me things to write. A couple of years later, by the time at all times came out, it's in your praise was released. And it was bigger than at all times, because even after at all times was released, God still had me write stuff. That led to the second book. It's in your price. So beautiful how we may have our own path that we think God has us on. And all of a sudden he said, no, I want you over here. I know. I know. Believe me. (laughs) God has a way of rerouting us. Yes, I've done that many times in my life. I've been radio for 20 plus years and I moved to a new city. I wasn't expecting I'd be doing a morning show again. And here I am in London, Ontario. This is what you want me to do. You want me to have no sleep again. I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. It's all good. It's all good. Brother, I hear you. And I can so relate. Believe me, I can so relate to that. So many times, Donna, I think we get so caught up in our plans that sometimes, do you find that we miss taking that time to really hear that sweet, still voice who's talking to us at all times, but sometimes we're just not tuned in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can so relate, Sean. Believe me. You know, today, today was really a day of fasting and prayer for me because I needed some clarity. And Sean, I think you're absolutely right. We get so caught up in what we want to do that we're not tuned in to what God wants to do because we've made plans. I went to school. I prepared for this career, whatever the case might be. I had my plans all laid out, but I know what it is, brother, when God changes your plans. Believe me, (laughs) I know. He takes us on some delightful detours, as I like to call it. You are serious about the passion and the unique purpose God has called you to. Talk a little bit about that, how you feel you're living out the purpose that God has gifted you for. Sean, I am. Walking in purpose is not for the faint of heart. It's really not. Walking in your purpose is not for the faint of heart. You got to be focused because distractions abound. That's just life. Distractions abound. But you've got to be focused. You've got to know this is what the Lord called me to do. This is what he's made clear to me. And that's the path I'm going to walk in. Not only is it not for the faint of heart, you can't be wishy-washy with your purpose. When God gives you a purpose, he makes it clear to you. It's very important, Sean, because we don't want to waste our lives doing things that God never meant for us to do. 
That's one thing when I teach on purpose, when I do workshops and seminars and things on knowing your purpose and why it's important, that's one thing I tell them. One reason you want to walk in your purpose is because you don't want to spend time doing things that God never meant for you to do. So many times, right? You and I have probably walked across a few people who say, I want to do this. And next thing you know, a year or two later, they're not doing it because maybe they weren't listening to God. You spend some time coaching and training people who are in music ministry and church leaders how to give God the worship that he wants, not what they want to do. So talk a little about that, because that's truly important, because you and I were just talking about that. Praise is just setting up the table. It's getting our heart right with God. Praise and worship are both passions of mine, Sean, and I've taught on it in various conventions, uh, on different venues, online and off. It's a passion of mine because, Sean, it began to bother me that we had praise teams and worship leaders who were great singers. They might have been great singers or musicians, but they couldn't talk to you about what worship really is. They were more concerned about the external, the stage presence, the stage props and the technology and whatever else they felt would give the congregation a positive worship experience. But God is not concerned about any of that. Worship is a matter of the heart, as is praise. It's a matter of the heart. So we can have all these externals going on. We can be in a great big building, or we could be at a a church this size on the backside of the last tree at the end of the road. The externals don't matter. The presence of God matters. And one thing, Sean, that I think we don't want to think about, we may have great music. We may have some wonderful, hot off the presses music, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the presence of God was in the building. Yes, yes. Far too often we go for the quick and the easy and something that people are just accustomed to. Donna Patrick, by the way, is our guest here on Refuge Freedom Stories. So honored to have her award-winning author, but you're also an award-winning radio host of the Donna Patrick Show. How did you get into radio, uh, which is a a field that I've been in for the last 20 plus years myself? Let me tell you a funny story. (laughs) First of all, Sean, my background is not journalism. It's not communications. It's not broadcasting. That's not what I went to school for. I would look back in 2016. Matter of fact, in April of 2016, I'm looking for another position. And I see these advertisements about a radio station. I said, wow, wonder what they're looking for. And so I make an appointment and I go sit down with the owner. What turns out, she's not looking for personnel to add to her staff. She's looking for radio hosts. Yes. I said, oh, I've never done radio. She said, well, what do you do? I said, well, in ministry, I'm a worship leader, musician. I do workshops and things. I teach a lot on worship ministry. She said, you know what? I don't have a show like that. Would you consider coming on? with your show. I said, a show, but I've never done this before. Did you hear me? (laughs) I said, did you hear me? And I said, what would it be called? She said, it'll be called the Donna Patrick Show. You can talk about what you love on your show. She said, we don't censor you. She said, I know you're a Christian. I know you're not going to put out a bunch of junk out there and language and things. And she said, I see you. And I'm excited about this. I want you to think about. And so Sean, I did. The next couple of weeks, I'm a radio host doing what I love. And what's interesting, though, talking about what I love, never done radio in my life. Now, I have been the interviewee, but I had never been the interviewer on radio. 
But let me tell you this really quickly. When I started, when I did my first show, you know how the engineer comes in and shuts you down and gets ready for the next show after you? Well, that's what was going on. I'm done. I'm shut down. The engineer comes in. He said, did you say you'd never done this before? I said, never. He said, well, you sounded so natural. He said, most people on their first show don't know what to say. They're kind of bumbling and stumbling over their words and they're nervous and there's dead air. And he said, you didn't do any of that. You just sounded like you knew what you were doing. I said, man, thank you. But I have never done this before in my life. I was just talking about a subject that I'm passionate about. So that's how that came about, Sean. And that was in 2016. And I'm still at it. I'm still doing it. Wow, that's beautiful. Now, I want to go back to the devotionals. Do you have like a theme you're going at or target audience? Or is this your devotionals for a wider audience? I can say both, Sean. Typically, it's for the church audience, a Christian audience. However, not necessarily so. I would not box myself into that because there are some people who are not part of the church community who need to understand that now at all times, the underlying theme of at all times was you still have a reason. Even mm-hmm. though you're going through a rough time, God is still God. And you still have a reason to praise him. And then the underlying theme on it's in your praise is if praise is part of your daily life, when praise is a priority for you, at least four things are going to exude from your life. Holiness, obedience, power, and expectancy. That was the subtitle for It's In Your Praise. It's In Your Praise is about making praise a daily priority. But I wouldn't say it's only for the church community, because like I say, there are people who are unchurched who will still be blessed by both books. How can people, if they're interested, get a hold of your books? Where could they go online to get them? They can go to my website. They can go to DonnaReneePatrick.com slash store. All of my books are there. They're all there. Well, four of them are there. I've I've written two and I've co-authored four others. Okay. So, but they're on my website and I'd be happy to send them an autographed copy. Absolutely. That'd be beautiful. There's something you said about at all times, even in our storms of life, God hasn't moved. God hasn't changed. I've been in recovery ministry for the past, well, 20 plus years as well. And what I like to tell people is, you know what? It's not God who moved. It's usually us who moved. Can you speak to that person who may be listening here right now? Because this is what I think is really important because it drives home that point that God's not moving in that sense. We've moved away from him. Do you feel the same? Sean, I agree. The word of God says in Matthew 28, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, I will say, Sean, for myself, if I can testify for a minute, there have been times in my life where I couldn't see God. I couldn't see him. I didn't know what he was doing. I just had to trust him because nothing was making sense. But again, God had not moved. God was still as close to me as my next breath. And that's what I want to share with somebody who's listening right now. The best illustration I can give you, Sean, Pastor Jack Hayford said something years ago that stuck with me. He said, if you are in the dark and you can't find God, he said, just start to worship. He'll find you. Amen. Amen. So, 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 so good. Because I work with a lot of people through the recovery ministry through uh, Refuge Ministries Canada, which is the umbrella organization for which we do this podcast, Refuge Freedom Stories. 
we're working with people who've come out of, sometimes it's abuse, sometimes it's hurt, sometimes it is a, a, a prison cell. A lot of our world right now needs hope. We know the living hope is Jesus Christ. Uh, let's speak to people in 2022, really about getting centered in hope, which is in Christ. You know what, Sean, if we never needed hope before, oh my God, Jesus, do we need it now? Because mm. two years or more into a pandemic, people are feeling hopeless. They're feeling there's no refuge. They're feeling, what am I going to do? Where am I? Mental health issues. Some people are suffering in silence. And we need to share with them the message of Jesus Christ and how worship will change your focus. Mm. It'll turn your focus off of you and onto the one who can solve the problem. Sean, I believe praise and worship, real worship, real biblical worship that God is pleased with is more vital now than it ever has been before. It's always been vital, but because of the pandemic, we've been traumatized. Mm -hmm. <laughs> worship and the hope that it offers is more vital now than it ever has been. And Sean, if I can say something real quick about both of my books as well, mm. I had no idea. I had no, I mean, nobody saw the pandemic come. Sean, I had no idea how relevant both of those titles would be in this pandemic. I had no idea that when the pandemic hit, how relevant both of those titles would be. So this is where I'm going to take the little pause. We got about three minutes left. This last question is going to be my last one. Donna, when I'm listening to you, I hear the heart of someone who walked a journey seeking his will. Can I get you to speak into that? Because I think we both would say we live in a world that people are seeking their own will and they're not seeking the Father's will. What would you say to that? Sean, I can tell you that I have so needed to hear from him. And I don't have to go back years. I can go back to yesterday. I've so needed to hear from him, needing clarity from him. And you're very perceptive to really feel my heart on this because I know what it's like to think you're doing the right thing, to think you're on the right path, but God yet has something else he wants to do. I know what that's like. And I know the pain. I know the brokenness. I know how God will take you out of your comfort zone. God kicked me out of my comfort zone, Sean, and locked the door behind me. You know how you might have an 18 or 19 year old and they don't want to do what you say. So you say, okay, bye. And you lock the door behind them. Not that you would do that. But <laughs> not that you would do that. God kicked me out of my comfort zone and uncomfortable is not the word. But Sean, what I learned over time, God's purpose won't necessarily come in your comfortable place. It, it won't necessarily come in your comfortable place. It's going to come in your uncomfortable place. God will deal with you in the uncomfortable places to accomplish his will. I know that all too well. I hear you on that because there's been many times in my own life when you get to the end of your rope, which I did, I said, God, uh, you're, you're all I need. And he was there. I hear you. Believe me, I can relate. So we've had a great time. We're coming close to the end of the show. But Donna, how could people, if they want to listen to the Donna Patrick Show, or again, get your books, how could they find out more information about you? 
They can find more about me on my website. They can go to DonnaReneePatrick.com and Renee is spelled R-E-N-A-Y. They can go there for my books and get more information on my ministry. If they want to book me to speak, they can do all that on my website. They can get all the information. My bio is there. Whatever general information they would need is on my website. They can also follow me on Facebook and Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. My handle is the same across my social media networks. Donna Renee Patrick. I am on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. They can send me an email if they choose to. Donna Renee Patrick at gmail.com. Donna, this has been an absolute pleasure for me. I hope it has been for you as well. God bless you. And thank you for sharing with our listeners. You are so welcome, Sean. Thank you for having me on. I have enjoyed it. Sun and moon reflect your ways. The evening stars call out your name. You stand above the wind and waves. All creation will proclaim and we sing. Yeah, we sing.
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.